folks, and welcome to the Sense and Theory podcast. I'm Sense. And I'm Theory. And today we've got a great episode lined up for you, and uh, we're going to kick it off because Bigfoot is back, baby. Oh, yeah. Who is not just thrilled to death to talk about Bigfoot again? (laughs) We caught a lot of flack for that episode, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. Uh, There were skeptics out there across the interwebs who just absolutely tore us apart for daring to consider the possibility that Bigfoot was real and Today, we've got uh, a lady in the news who not only claims that Bigfoot is real, but that she lived with a family of Sasquatches. Sasquai? Sa- Sasquai. Big feet? Yeah, or maybe it is big feet. I'm yeah. going to go full on bubbles and say Sam Squanches. There you- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so uh, this lady is claiming that she actually lived with them and that... Uh, Oh, look at that, that they enjoy blueberry bagels and dog food. And dog food, yeah. She was challenged. You know, The skeptics said, are going to love this one, too. Well, huh? they, were, they yeah. asked her, why the hell don't you have any pictures? You know, surely you have a smartphone if they're living in your home. You know, a family of them, surely you can get a picture. She says she set up trail cameras and the Bigfoots turned them upside down. See? <laughs> See? Which goes right back to our Bigfoot episode. They are. They're, they're highly intelligent beasts. And, and ninja-like. They snuck yeah. around from behind. They knew the camera angles and, and flipped them upside down from behind. So, yeah. you know, it wouldn't capture them no, when over, over sneaking up. Over thousands of years, they've evolved an intuition for cameras maybe, and electronics. Maybe they swung from trees like like above and then dropped down from the tree branches on top of the cameras. <laughs> well, actually, uh, it's funny that you bring that up because in the article, uh, it does mention what some experts... And I'm going to say experts very loosely. No, experts don't say this, man. What some experts, uh, researchers, sorry, believe uh, that Bigfoots do, or Big Feets, Sam Squanches. Sam Squanches. What Sam Squanches do for travel. Do you want to you tell the <laughs> listeners? I'm almost embarrassed to say it. This throws our whole episode like, this, this completely our- under the bus. <laughs> These people believe that... Uh, Bigfoots may use transdimensional wormholes to travel clearly about about the world. Clearly, and that's how they show Flipping up. Flipping over cameras, all these weird places, bending time and space. They've got <laughs> infinity gauntlets. So, so tell me, what does our uh, benevolent Doctor Jeff Meldrum, primate podiatrist, <laughs> have to say about this woman? Uh, well, it turns out that Jeff Meldrum looked at all the evidence, the evidence for the transdimensional wormholes, and blueberry bagels and all that, and called bullshit on it. So <laughs> get up, goodness. Jeff, yeah. for being the voice of reason yet again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's doing the Lord's work, keeping the extremists out of the, the Bigfoot <laughs> research community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to self-police there, buddy. Oh, man. Uh, in another really kind of just mind-boggling, weird story that's hitting the interwebs, yeah. uh, cockroach milk. Yum. There, there is a species of cockroach, right, that, that not only has live young, which is pretty absurd. You know, most yeah. insects lay eggs and, and yeah, hatch cockroaches eggs. Cockroaches specifically, yeah. But they produce a crystallized milk that they feed to their young that is, that is it's like complete protein. It's got all the mm. amino acids. It's got sugar and fat. Um, it's pretty much like the perfect profile of a, of a food. Yeah. And and they feed it to their babies. And scientists, I, I can only imagine, they tried to milk a farm <laughs> full of cockroaches and decided like, eh, that ain't the way to do it. So they're actually trying to reproduce these cockroach milk crystals in a lab. Yeah. Uh, 
to well, sell on the shelves? Yeah, like? well, I th- yeah, I think they're trying to mass produce. The thing is, the milk, uh, if if it extrapolates out when they make bigger portions of it, uh, will be would be four times as nutritious as cow's milk. Okay. So, I mean, it would be super nutritious. The only thing, you know, they don't know until they they synthesize the milk whether or not it's actually fit for human consumption. <laughs> It may poison us. We don't know yet. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think it it's going to take anybody with great insight to figure out that it may not exactly fly off the shelves when you <laughs> when, when you put Daisy Bell's Roach's milk right there in the dairy counter. You know? you, they need the best branding expert on the planet. They'll just call it something else. You're yeah. not going to go Roach milk, cock milk. Uh, none of those oh, well, sound too appetizing. <laughs> like yeah. you're gonna have to take cockroach and insects completely maybe, out maybe of that they'll equation. Go, maybe they'll do like uh, what do they call it? almond milk? The silk, silk. Maybe they'll call it bilk. <laughs> bug be milk, the drink of the future. Bilk. <laughs> hey, my kids love bug juice. <laughs> Sugar water. Maybe you know. <laughs> maybe they'll call it a, a bug milk, and, and kids will love it. I don't uh, know. It sounds cr- absurd. You know, but here's the thing about here's the thing I find interesting. We we talk about this idea that we should be eating insects. It's, it's talked about widely. There are cultures across the world who do eat insects, and they yeah. do so happily. Um, in fact, the UN is, is pushing people to, uh, to eat more insects. And, and, and it makes a lot of sense because insect protein can be created far more efficiently than any of the proteins we eat. Yeah. Um, you know, poultry, cows. I think, uh, I think I remember reading that it's 100 times more efficient um, to to create insect protein than it is yeah. cow protein. Well, you have like, if you take something like crickets, uh, you know, like 80% of a cricket is edible. Whereas, you know, with poultry, it's generally only like 50%. Okay. So, so off the top and, and then you actually look at the nutritional values of like a cricket and, and how much or a feed it takes to, to produce yeah, a cow exactly. and how much feed it takes to produce the equivalent. Oh, not to mention like cows create all kinds of issues as far as like land and, and uh, methane, uh, you know, cows actually have a huge, well, I, I take that back. Raising cattle the way we have to to feed us. Right, right. To uh, satisfy the demand for on beef. the environment. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely. right. There's no question. So it's no wonder, you know, folks like the UN are, are pushing for increased insect consumption. And uh, I actually have a surprise for you for today's show, buddy. What's that? Uh, I brought some crickets, some, some cricket snacks. And I thought it would be fun to uh, open these up on the air <laughs> and uh, and maybe tell the fine viewers we're gonna, what exactly we're gonna eat fucking cricket tastes like. You never thought this is what you. Oh, were it was like into, fucking Eric Stern around this. Bitch, yeah. <laughs> so are you uh, are you up for some crickets? I tell you, I will. These I'm gonna smell. They smell better than they look, but look, look at, I mean, they're they whole, look terrible. They're whole crickets. They, some of them have legs. They look, they actually, they look like, you know, when you take down like a, a, a light globe and you <laughs> go to die, it's exactly like the dried out bugs that are in it. Yeah. They're totally freeze dried. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make them look any more appealing. Uh, I think I'm going to like pull off the legs cause that's really disgusting. But anyway, uh, down the fucking hatch. This is this is riveting radio. I've got right a here. handful. They feel like crickets. Oh yeah. god. They're like <laughs> kind of shiny, slimy. Oh geez. All right, here we go. All right. On ready? the count of 3, we yeah. ready? 3 one. 2 yeah. 1. Ow. Oh man. Oh, kind of nutty. Tastes like Tastes like sunflower seeds. Oh god, no. No. <laughs> There's some insect there. Mm. Oh. 
Okay, I'm not doing that again, folks. Really? It's going to be a long time. You like them? So far, it tastes like it tastes like sunflower seeds. Oh, the aftertaste, man. Maybe I haven't gotten into the give it a sec. Give it a little thorax or whatever. Give it a little. Num, 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 num. Oh no, it's kind of dog foody now. Yeah, there's some insect there. Yeah, uh, and yes, I have eaten dog food before. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to I, talk about it. I think we all have, man. <laughs> uh, let's not go there on the show. Shit looks delicious. <laughs> Dave Spell said it. Man, I would rather eat dog food every day than eat these crickets. No, actually, I th- you know, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Although, yeah. if they're sitting in front of me throughout the show, you may find me munching on them. I don't know. I'm <laughs> so kind of hungry. Haven't eaten much today. This is going to be the occasional wretch. You know, you know what's weird is what this for me. Have you ever seen the movie Snowpiercer? No. Oh, man. So there's this movie Snowpiercer, which everybody should go check out. But basically, uh, you know, this apocalyptic event wipes out most of humanity. And for whatever reason, they knew it was coming. I think it was like an environmental thing because it's snow, right? And so all that's left of humanity gets on this giant train. And it's it, the movie gets real deep because like all the rich people live like towards the front of the train and they have like all these luxuries and stuff and all the poor people live on the, in the caboose basically. And they're fed these protein bars and they look like this like weird purple jello, right? Uh-huh. Well, in the course of the movie, there's an uprising and the people from the caboose are now trying to get to the front of the train. Well, they reach the kitchen car basically. <laughs> And they look down in the vat for where those protein bars come out. And like, you know, first they see all the protein bars, they start snapping them up. And yeah, like, they can't yeah. wait. Yeah. And then they realize that the protein bars are made out of cockroaches. Oh, and uh, Soylent Purple is cockroach. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, I, as far as the, the UN pushing the, uh, the insect thing, maybe if they like ground it up into meal or something. But I don't know. I don't know here. In America, Bruh, at least, if like there is people not, were going to go and buy packages of cockroaches, it, or there beetles. is not a restaurant on the planet that would take these cricket bites and and dare try to serve them <laughs> to people. I, I swear to God, I mean, you would be run out of business so fast. Actually, you I'm can gonna, buy them on Amazon. But actually, I'm going to call your bluff. I'm actually going to look at oh. Beanzo. Oh, it's just, and I'm going to say, Beanzo, get on that and look because I bet you there's probably already a restaurant serving crickets on on. If I were to wager, it's in Portland, Oregon. Uh, no, you do have a good point. I'm going to put a wager probably, on it right now. That is probably the case. <laughs> and how is that not appropriation? We're not doing that today. We're not oh, doing that today. shit. That's right. We're saving the Portland hipster restaurant appropriate South American culture for next month. Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive on that one. Probably two hours. Probably two hours. <laughs> now, I'm glad that we're talking about food today, though, because there was another story that kind of hit this week that uh, I don't know. Stories like this have made me pull my hair out and scream into the night for years, man. Uh, no, uh, uh, organization, I think it's the national cancer something. Okay. Uh, come out and said that no amount of alcohol or processed meat, bacon, hot dogs, any of that salami, uh, is safe in terms of cancer. So throw out the, uh, glass of wine a day that we've all been told. Right. Wait, that helps your heart though, but also increases your risk of cancer. cancer. Actually, it specifically said like in the article, it was like, well, what about all the healthy effects of alcohol and stuff? And it's like. We're just saying that in terms of cancer, no amount of alcohol is safe. Wow. And it's just like, man, like, what, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you know, people people joke around about this, and it's it's only perceived, they say. But no, they tell you eggs are fine, and they tell you eggs aren't. I searched, uh, because of that, today, I searched artificial sweeteners, right? I just, I just picked <laughs> one at random. I was like, I bet you there's some stuff. And I, I Googled artificial sweeteners, and here's here's the first five results if you click news on artificial sweeteners. Um, 
Don't worry about that diet soda habit. Artificial sweeteners are harmless. Paid for by Diet Pepsi. (laughs) Are artificial sweeteners damaging your blood vessels? Paid for by the American Heart Association. Are artificial sweeteners healthier than sugar? Paid for by the, the, the artificial sweetener industry. There you go. Artificial sweeteners linked to diabetes and obesity. Oh, Jesus. Artificial sweeteners are good for cutting calories if you use them correctly. And I think that last one probably hits the nail on the head. None of this stuff is necessarily going to kill you unless <laughs> you, you take it to like great excesses. Right. You know, in moderation, I mean, there's what is there like 108 year old dudes that are like, yeah, no, I, I do a pint of bourbon every day and <laughs> smoke a cigar. You yeah, know? I was a telemarketer and my, my favorite, uh, we called the same people a lot because we were like fishing for big money and, yeah. you know, we were fishing for whales and stuff. And this guy was 102, 103 years old. His name was Brzezink. Great guy. I'm sure he's dead now. This was years and years ago. Um, but I'd ask him like, how the hell are you 102? And he sounds like a, you know, a spry young man on the phone. Yeah, yeah. And he he swore up and down a diet of red meat and unfiltered camel cigarettes, a pack of unfiltered camels a day. I yeah. swear. No, it's necessary, man. First thing in the morning. No, but I- no this, this actually, this reminds me of the Takis story too. So uh, I don't know if people know what Takis are, but my daughter is absolutely obsessed with them. The, like, uh, like the little corn chips. Or yeah, they're right, like right? rolled up Doritos. Yeah, almost like uh, bugles, skinny right. bugles. They're yeah. spicy as shit. Yeah. Uh, she loves them. The neighbor kids love them. Everyone in the neighborhood loves them. Um, but there was this story that ran that said they were dangerous to your health because <laughs> when when you eat Takis, the spice can you know make your stomach bleed and some kid had to go to the hospital. It turned out this kid ate like 80 bags of Takis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it's, like, it's like the kids dropping dead, sitting there playing video games and drinking Mountain Dew until their kidneys shut down. Right. Like, <laughs> like, of course that's going to cause problems. And problem. she was worried. You know, she was like, dad, can I not eat Takis anymore? I'm like, oh, eat your Takis <laughs> yeah, for yeah. fuck's sake, man. It's no, just- I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, my grandpa, uh, he ended up, you know, having heart disease like late in his life. And yeah, man, he he eat bacon like it was going out of style. He eat like bacon fried in hog fat dipped in grease wrapped in sausage. You know, I mean, like that was, you know. So in moderation, though, I don't think we have to worry too much about it. And these people that like go around and they're just scared to death of everything, you know. Yeah. I, I can't do it, man. Like I, I just personally, if what you're, if you feel bad, like if you start eating stuff and you're like, God, I feel like crap, stop eating that. Short of that. <laughs> Man, do whatever you want. Do what thou wilt. What, you got the book of the law on the back of your toilet or something? Yeah, man? absolutely. That's, that's kind of a you wild know, quote no, to just, just a, throw out there willy-nilly. You know, I, I, a little light reading material when I'm in the john. <laughs> okay. No, I will. I will. Actually, let me add a caveat because I just remembered uh, this story. A friend of mine, we actually used to go back and forth on this subject all the time, right? He was like, you got to watch what you're putting in your body and stuff. And I'm like, I, man, I don't care, you know? So anyway, he'd gone a long time without eating any fast food. Okay. Right? And uh, KFC comes out with the double down. I remember the double down. <laughs> yeah. Two pieces of chicken as the bread yeah, as for the, the bread. sandwich. That was the yeah. sandwich. And we were all like, what? You know. So me and my friend and another friend, we all go and we get double downs. And we eat them. And, you know, me and my other friend who eats fast food occasionally, you know, we're fine. We're just, you know, munching down the double. My friend who doesn't eat fast food. He was down for a day and a half. You would have thought he was laying in bed, doubled over, holding his stomach, sweating profusely. Doubled over from the double down. down. (laughs) And it it made me wonder, like, it was like, do I have an iron stomach? Have I built up like an immunity? You've built up an immunity to to this terrible shit that you It really put it in perspective, man, because that thing KO'd his ass, man. (laughs) 
See, he should have doubled down and gone <laughs> back to KFC to get more. That way he could enjoy like the triple Big Mac or these giant monster <laughs> thick burgers that I have a penchant for every now and know. again. I, th- I think you should you should somewhat stay in your lane. If you've been eating like soy and sprouts for six years, maybe don't just dive into the double down, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, in the apocalypse, who knows, man? Maybe all we got is Taco Bell meat. So you should build up a little bit. I, I say meat loosely. So you should build up a little bit of a resistance, man. Yeah, man. I honestly can't wait because I fucking love Taco Bell. If that's what we're <laughs> munching on in the apocalypse, bring it on. Uh, but for real, you, you never know what to do with these guys telling you what to yeah. eat and what not to eat. They tell you the sun causes cancer. Maybe you should just stay inside all day i don't know well no actually that's not gonna work because if you stay inside you you might still get shot uh, uh you're bringing us to our next story which <laughs> is the wichita swatting uh that recently happened so this actually stemmed from an argument during an online call of duty match uh a guy named tyler barris called the police and told them that someone had accidentally shot his dad in the head and then was like keeping his family hostage yeah, yeah. so So SWAT team shows up. It's the wrong address, of course. This is a random guy online. I don't know how he felt like he had the address, but it wasn't the guy who he was arguing with. Uh, Guy answers the door. SWAT team in full fucking gear is there, and a sniper from 50 yards away shoots him and kills him as he's opening his door. Yeah, they said the the SWAT team, or at least the sniper said that, uh, uh, what was his name, Andrew Finch? Yeah. uh, The guy who had nothing to do with the Call of Duty argument was just minding his own business staying out of the sun uh <laughs> when he came to the door it said uh he reached for his waistband and who, uh, that's the classic who knows i mean he answered well like he answered the door he might have been scratching his stomach you know until yeah. he realized that the entire wichita swat force was outside and and that's the that's the disgusting part about uh police overreach to me and this idea that a police officer seeing someone reach is enough to, to shoot someone and take their life. We are talking about fallible people who, who constantly make mistakes. Yeah. And, and these guys did no, no investigation. Um, they didn't do any surveillance. They didn't look to see. And granted, you know, it's an emergency. But no, you knock on the door. You see what's up. You don't just, just shoot the guy. Yeah. And, and now this poor guy has lost his life. His family is, is tortured. Can you imagine seeing your son go to the door and get fucking blasted by a SWAT sniper? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's crazy. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why SWAT was knocking on the door if they thought it was a hostage situation, right? Hey, that's a... Because, like, you're, you're supposed to start up, like, negotiations and stuff, yeah. and then... Call the SWAT phone. If you got call to. the house phone and, yeah. and, and talk is, to them. Like, why is SWAT, who are supposed to be, you know, highly specialized, military-trained police officers... Why are they handling like door knocking and and the initial contact? It's funny you ask that because Wichita SWAT has actually been in the news lately over all kinds of ridiculous shit. Uh, They were setting off explosives. Yeah, I was going to say, you say lately. it's No, it's for quite some time. For quite some time. (laughs) They were setting off explosives in a residential neighborhood um, doing some kind of bomb squad training, but didn't notify any of the residents, hey, we'll be setting off bombs behind your house. Yeah. So they caught a lot of flack for that. Back in 2011, they were actually on uh, on the receiving end of some of this military hardware we've talked about before. Right. They received a, it's called a BAT, a B-A-T-T. It's an armored vehicle with like a gun port on the top, mm-hmm. <laughs> a rotating gun port. They said 
They described it like the front looked like it had like deep set eyes with eyebrows that looked real menacing. And that was like a plus for them. Yeah, no, they were they were like talking about how when that rolls up to your door, man, it's real intimidating. And yeah, stuff. with six yeah. squat with six no, squat a, roll out the back with tear gas and machine guns. Like it's a 19,000 pound armored tactical vehicle in Wichita, Kansas. I cannot imagine like this is this is where we're at, folks. And not to like. Not to be fear-mongering and stuff, but this could have been your kid. This yeah. could have been your mom. Some asshole on Call of Duty, on an Xbox, yeah. on his little headset, calling people, F this and fuck your mother, yeah. uh, calls the SWAT team and, and gets someone sent to your house. Yeah. And is this an acceptable amount of power to place in another human's hands? Right. No. Absolutely not. That's why we have checks and balances on power. We've just lost them for the police. Right. Because all they have to say is, oh, he was reaching for his waistband. Mind you, they haven't even released the officer's name. The officer did not get charged in this. He's not being even uh, interrogated publicly. Like, no one gives a shit. They just shrug their shoulders. Now, the guy who made the call, he's going to jail. The two people that egged him on. In the Call of Duty match, they're both going to jail which, for which, like wire fraud. Yeah, or something. wire fraud, and that was wild to me. Like it's it's weird. Don't get me wrong. I have I have no I have no sympathy uh, for any of those assholes. Yeah, like the the SWAT sniper or the the three you know the kid who called in the thing. But the, his friends going to jail is really weird to me because like I, I get it like as an accomplice, but them actually committing wire fraud just by virtue of the fact that. They're probably sitting there high as shit, and they were like, yeah, call SWAT. Call yeah. SWAT well, that kid ultimately decided to call SWAT. I mean, it doesn't... I mean, maybe if one of them dialed the phone for him or looked up the fake address or whatever. And I don't think they've... Uh, you know, we'll see if the charges stick. I right. don't think they've been convicted yet. Yeah. So maybe that just all well, falls I think, apart. But I think they'll get the kid who made the call. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, and they should. They should fucking bury him. And, and Well, you know, what's? I think it's interesting that Wichita, with their Batmobiles and and they're, you know, testing explosives and all that stuff, uh, they have a police shooting death ratio 11 times higher than the rest of the nation. And that kind of, if you remember back to our police episode, that ACLU report where they were talking about, which I, I thought that was actually the most important part of the report, where they were talking about the warrior mind state. Right. How it's not just the fact that these guys are, you know, testing explosives, like, you know, who signed off on that? It's not just the fact that they're riding around in bats. It's what all that does to your psychology. Like you're in well, war. It puts you in the position where you will shoot a man from 50 yards away with a sniper rifle while he's opening his front door yeah. to answer your questions. That's exactly what it does. And, and the damnedest thing, again, going back to that ACLU report, is that a soldier like in Afghanistan wouldn't have done that. Shit. Absolutely not. Because the rules of engagement will prevent it and stuff. So, I mean, these guys, like, they think that they're, you know, emulating the military, they're, you know, warriors and stuff like that. But I mean, it's it's that it's that machismo culture. It's it's all those things that right. you know we touched on. And so where the fuck where do we go from here? I mean, how do we even approach Wichita SWAT and say like we want rules of engagement, man? Like who do you ask? The police chief? Who's the person voted in there? You know where yeah. do we where do we have a say in that? No, I think well it depends on you know how their stuff is set up. I'm not real sure about you know Wichita. I know we elect sheriffs here. Is yeah. the SWAT under the purview of the sheriff or you know the police chief? Police chiefs are generally appointed by the mayor, you know, here, I don't know. But I will say, I think the first order of business, I think what people across the country should be asking for is that every police department needs to have somebody who, who, uh, what do you want to say, hits the go button on SWAT 
Like, I, I, I don't want SWAT knocking on the door. I don't want the sniper already in position, ready to pull the trigger before we've even made contact with the assailant. Right. Like, you know, if those people are in there and, and they're held hostage, you want to do what you can to save them. But you can't go in and say, I'm going to shoot the second I see somebody. Right. And especially on an anonymous tip. I mean, this is a, it's a really gray area because when someone calls the police, you want to take them at face value. And mm-hmm. we don't want to get to the point where like we're, we're ignoring 911 calls or something, yeah. you know, or, or showing up slow or, or, you know, but at the same time, like you got to protect the public, man. Well, remember, remember what we said in that episode is that there is going to be a level of danger that we're going to have to accept to get things right. SWAT is going to have to slow down just a touch to make sure that we're not. I mean, dude, he opened his door and got shot. He opened his door and got shot. Yeah. I mean, there, there was no, hey, how you doing? He just got shot because he came up against the police. And and you wonder, I don't wonder, but people wonder why there's a distrust of of police today. Right. You know, why are there people sitting in their cars not rolling their windows down when they get pulled over? Why are there people sitting in their house behind their door, not answering the door when, when cops are knocking, yeah. you know, sometimes they're criminals. They don't want them to come in. Other times they're just fucking terrified yeah. because police are authorized in America to use lethal force with no consequence, Yeah, with no consequence. There's no justice in this case. They haven't even released the officer's name. I'll like, tell you, uh, I'll tell you something especially terrible that I just saw. I think it was yesterday. Uh, there is a, a dash cam or a body cam of a cop who has pulled somebody over and I think it was a young black woman and he's telling her to put her hands up. And (laughs) this cop in 2018 with all the shit that's going on right now, tells this girl, put your hands up, pretend like you think we're going to shoot you. Wow. Like dude, I gone. I mean like, you know, like did, uh, is there a, is there a textbook law that I can think of off the top of my head that that man broke? I don't know, but gone, gone, gone. yeah, gone, dude. fire him, gone. You know what's going on, dude? There ain't no room for that shit, man. But Out. even if even if they fired him, they'd pick him up at a department, you know, three counties away. Well, they may, they may not. You know, I don't. I, 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 I feel think, like I feel like we strongly need some 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 regulations there that say if you're let go from a police department over here for an egregious offense, yeah. you're not a you're not a police officer anymore. Yeah, sorry, bub. Yeah. You're done for life. There's got to be a line there somewhere. Maybe, maybe we could establish like a a national uh, police office, uh, police offender registry, cop offender registry. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. But no, seriously, like maybe maybe something where at a certain level of uh, uh, of you messing up. Uh, you don't get to be a cop for a while or ever. That you makes know? a lot of sense. Um, Who's going to make that decision, though? I mean, we talk about the the thin blue line. I don't think there are any police officers out there that are going to make that decision against their fellow well, officers. You know, I've been I've been saying for a while, I don't even think we should let necessarily um, city officials purely make the decision. I think that if there's a, let's say there's a panel that has to convene to decide what to do with a police officer for discipline, I think there should be citizen representatives on there. Like, that who makes are not... A- Makes a ton of sense. Not affiliated with it because a mayor or a city councilman, like they, they even have an interest in saying that we're not the guys who let this killer run around, you know, on the, on the police force or whatever. So I think like to really get impartiality, you know, if you're, if you're talking about precinct 46, which covers this neighborhood in Baltimore, uh, you know, maybe the alderman or maybe the, well, no, that wouldn't work, but you know, maybe a community activist from that neighborhood is on that panel. And, and that actually, (laughs) That reminds me of another kind of weird story and uh, idea that I heard. Rand Paul, uh, you know, one of our senators here in Kentucky, 
um, just recently was advocating to put citizens on like the National Science Foundation. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, and it was because (laughs) it turns out that uh, the government... Man, I am so ashamed of my state. Why why do you even have (laughs) to go here today? It's not even the state. It's the federal government, right? The federal government spent 350, I think it was six, $356,000 on a study to determine the impact of cocaine on Japanese quail sexual habits. Oh my God. This just screams, dude. No, no, no. I'll tell you what happened, dude. There were some researchers that wanted to study humans on cocaine fucking. And instead they were like, how are we going to get this cocaine? I got a great idea. Let's uh let's tell them we're gonna study quails, man. Let's yeah, we'll we'll, we'll feed the quails cocaine and, and see how they bank. What I, I, is going on? We're talking about Kentucky, yeah. forty billion dollars in the hole with yeah. teacher pensions and government pensions, and they're spending half a million dollars yeah. on cocaine and quails. Yeah, the study was at the University of Kentucky. I clearly think that it is an egregious waste of money. I will say. In the interest of being fair, okay, the the person who ran the study said that we know all sorts of things about Japanese quails. Okay. Like, we know them really well. We know their sexual habits and all that stuff. Okay, okay. And that testing the Japanese quails on the cocaine (laughs) and then looking at their sexual habits was to get a baseline for further studies. Not okay. And I suppose if you're into studies involving cocaine and sexual habits, I mean, I feel like... There's a good portion Didn't of us. Freud do this already in the yeah. 80s? Like, well, I think there's a lot of us that already have a pretty good idea of what an impact cocaine has on your sexual habits. Those scientists included. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. What but, else? Um, but I thought that was a really good idea, actually, from Rand Paul. He said, why don't we put a citizen taxpayer advocate on the National Science Foundation to be like, uh, hey, Hold guys, up, guys. You know? and, and the National Science, he said, you know, I think the National Science Foundation would say, well, they don't understand the science. And he's like, okay then give me a scientist that's not in that field. He's like, I want a scientist that studies like heart disease or diabetes to be on that panel so that when you're like, I want to test cocaine on quails, he can be like, I'm, I'm trying to save people from diabetes. <laughs> and you want to, you want to, okay, all right. You know, so, I can't even wrap my head around this. It's so ludicrous. I, I tried and tried to think of like a reason that understanding how quails fuck on cocaine <laughs> would ever have any bearing on anything in the real world. And I'm at a complete and total loss. There's nothing. If any of you out there can, can point me to anything that makes that somewhat tenable or reasonable, yeah. send it in. I want to see well, it. Well, in, in, in fairness, maybe there is, and maybe somebody's going to send us like the reason, right? But, but I want you, before you send us that reason, I want you to look at that. And then I want you to look at the fact that Kentucky's finances are insolvent. You know what I mean? Like, is it is it necessary right now, man? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, more necessary than diabetes research? Eh, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. More necessary than teacher pensions? Eh, no, I don't think so. No, man. And that's and that's what happens. Like we have, you know, these bureaucracies and and money gets spent. And we don't ever like really quite hear about it. And then, you know, we're that study went on for five years, bro. Five Five years. years. Yeah, man. 
I know. I heard that it started with like a hundred, a hundred ten thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, originally, yeah, it was like it was like a hundred grand, and now it's up to like. How did almost they come back and ask for more money? <laughs> yeah. Like I could see it slipping through the cracks once, and they're they're laughing. You know, they're like, "Oh, we got our we got our cocaine in here." Well, shit! Now you got all these little quails strung out on coke. You can't just leave them <laughs> hanging, baby. <laughs> you got five more years. What is going on? Hey, is this why they call him Cocaine Mitch? Yeah, no, they do. They do call him Cocaine Mitch, man. We, Kentucky's a grease fire right now. Kentucky man. is a grease fire. No, we're paying quails to have sex on cocaine and stuff, and, and, and uh, we ain't got no money. Now no. this week, there's uh, there's more bullshit in the news. Uh, Kentucky Housing and Urban Development yeah. is banning smoking 25 feet from any of their units. So well, and on the inside as well. Yeah. On the inside yeah, as well, yeah, which yeah. I, you know, I'm 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 more okay with that. You know, I tend to feel like do what you do in your own home, but. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're saving $200 million in damages, they're saying, or yeah. something, you know, in smoke-related damages and fire and insurance. Well, and I think I think they won't even let them, it's a note, though, they won't even let them smoke on the balcony. Well, that's the that's you know where I mean? this crosses the line to me. It's actually 25 feet from, from a HUD property. So right. you can't even set up a smoking area at a HUD apartment complex. Like, what are you expecting to do to people? And the penalty, the, the killer is the penalty is lease cancellation. You yeah. can lose your, your rent assistance for smoking in your backyard right, right, in a HUD property. And to me, you know, smoking sucks and, and the damages from smoking are terrible. And if it saves us $200 million, you know, say you can't smoke in your apartment. I get it. Right. But when you say 25 feet from the property, that's like, you can't even go out your back door. What you got to yeah. walk across the street to smoke or you're losing your rent assistance. This is a concentrated attack on poor folks. Yeah. I, I can't see it any other way. Well, there's, it's, there's, it's, it's unreasonable. To tell you the truth, I actually, I work in the, well, they call it multifamily housing industry. I work, <laughs> yeah, I work for an apartment complex, but the complex that I used to work for, uh, actually they enacted their own smoking. And yeah, that was the exact same rules. You actually had to leave the property line to have a cigarette. That's fine with me. They're a private company. Yeah. yeah. Um, those people are paying rent out of their paychecks. They can go they to chose, an apartment complex there. yep. where they're able to smoke. And and mm -hmm. and that can become a part of the free market. And you can even say, we're a smoking-friendly apartment complex and, and maybe attract residents. Yeah. With, with housing and urban development, it's a different story, man. You're talking yeah. about poor folks that are on rent assistance. They can't just get up and go anywhere else. You are making these people homeless. Yeah. And and poor people, I, I don't know the numbers, but I'm pretty sure overwhelmingly more poor people smoke than rich people. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That's why I'm they sure. talk about it being a poor tax when they raise the cigarette tax. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this is a this is an outright attack on on poor people. That is going to continue to happen. Uh, so long as the government gets an inroad into people's lives is what I would say. I tend I mean, to agree. I mean, anytime that you have, uh, so your housing is at the mercy of the government and then the government can come through and they can make rules like this. And this is the kind of stuff that we need to be vigilant for. Right. So like you said, um, you're completely cool with people not smoking inside their house. And, uh, yeah, I am too, because ultimately, like you said, it could save us like $200 million and that's coming out of the tax well, fund. Lower insurance, stuff. fires yeah. and all that. Cut down on fires and all that stuff. Yeah. But it, it, it didn't stop there, did it? It went 25 feet and, you know, from the property line. And why is that? It's because we've already started down this particular slippery slope. Now, now this initiative is actually a federal HUD initiative. So it's happening all oh, over the country. Oh, it's not just in Kentucky. It's not just in Lexington. You know, it's not just in Kentucky. Um, there's various, you know, all over, they've had 18 months to, 
notify residents and there's actually like some some arguments about whether or not they did that you know people are <laughs> up in arms and stuff and uh they've also said that uh, they're not real clear on whether they're going to be their lease is going to immediately be uh torn up or whether they get one <laughs> warning do they get two warnings you know they're not real clear on that part it's like up to each municipality basically uh at that point to figure you know each each subdivision of hud yeah put it that of course way. it is but I, I i think um if you go back here in in lexington 14 years ago when we kicked in the smoking ban mm -hmm. like this was kind of my argument right like i get smoking's terrible and i smoke so obviously i'm a little biased towards smoking and stuff but when you start getting into people's lives and like making choices for them once you do that it gets really easy to do it again yeah you say slippery slope i could see a, a video game ban in hud housing absolutely i could see all kinds of things oh leisure activities buddy uh, you need to be out looking for a job, you know, yep. uh, forget your leisure activity, well, basketball playing. You guys are playing basketball too much. Uh, we're going to take out the basketball court. Like you've got Tennessee doing the drug test for welfare recipients. There you go. Um, and, and to me, like I say, again, all this starts from, you know, people hate people that smoke and that's fine. I get it. Yeah. But it started from, they were like, you know, we're, we're going to ban smoking in restaurants and public places. Cause I shouldn't have to breathe that smoke and stuff like that. My argument was, well, Kind of let it sort itself out. Like if okay. if you're open ready, a non-smoking bar, exactly. If you're ready to go to a bar that's non-smoking, somebody should open a bar that's non-smoking because apparently there's a ton of you. And so they do that, and life carried on, and they were like, "See, everybody's happy. Nobody has to breathe in smoke. Everything's yeah. fine." No, dude, restaurants went out of business when that smoking ban happened. Believe it. Now restaurants go out of business all the time, but I'm telling you right now, as a direct result of that smoking ban, restaurants did go out of business. In this city, I, I I know of the restaurants, yeah. you know, and we also saw that lead to crazier things like the trans fat ban. Now we're on soda <laughs> restrictions, soda bans. You can't buy a 44 ounce soda in New York. Yeah. Right? And it's because it's because the health department or the government, they have to protect us. They know what's right for us. So like you said, video games are rotting your brain or, or, you know, uh, maybe you should be drinking cockroach milk instead of regular milk. <laughs> so you can't have regular milk and HUD housing, you know, I mean, various things like that. But That's a little absurd, but no, but you, your point is valid. I we've think. opened the door. We have opened saying. the door. Government overreach. Um, you know, when we talk about it being a slippery slope, it's easy to poo poo that and go, Oh no, no, no. Mm -hmm. And, and especially when it's things like cigarettes, which like you said, overall society, pretty well frowns on cigarette smoking. Right, right. Um, so that's an easy one to just go, eh, well, when the tides turn against video games, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's going to be video games when the tides turn against, uh, any, any, any number of things, yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna be that we've handed the power over, um, to other people, to well, people who aren't us. You know, interestingly, they're saying that HUD is reserving the right, uh, to include e-cigs and vaping. Holy in this shit. and i mean and see, like, there's no damage and and from yeah vaping. there's no damage there's no data i mean there, there's like inklings of data but I and mean, i'm talking about you know, damage to homes you know there may yeah. be health implications but there but i don't be. believe i don't believe but, that the government should enforce uh you know health regulations on us even i mean i don't want to get into vaccines here but i don't feel like the government should mandate um uh, medical treatments as much as i believe in vaccines i you know i don't feel like the, the government should should mandate things like that yep. we're, we're opening the door into things like you can't buy a 44 ounce soda absolutely well, i buy a 44 ounce soda and i share it with four <laughs> friends because mm -hmm. it's cheaper that way well now i gotta buy four 20 ounce sodas you know like it's it's ridiculous it's yep. it's dumb it's, it's a lot it's a lot easier to keep them out of making uh mandates like that if they're not footing the bill 
Yeah. That's, that's what I would say. Yeah, very true. I've heard calls recently um, to like sue sugary snack manufacturers yeah. um, for sugary snacks. And, and that's along the same lines, man. It is. I, I like my sugary snacks. I don't overeat mm-hmm. them. No, uh, little I Debbie's, eat, dude. I eat sugary cereal. I don't overeat them. I mean, I'm not. Maybe I could be a little skinnier, but I'm not morbidly obese. Right. You know, I should have the right to do things that may be benef- may be detrimental to my health. Yeah. Um, that's part of what freedom is, you know, is the ability to make wrong decisions. Well, and if you're going to do it there, I mean, why aren't you doing it on down the list? I mean, like sometimes that argument gets a little ridiculous, but it doesn't make sense, right? It, like it doesn't make sense if uh, no amount of bacon or alcohol is safe and it's going to cause cancer. It doesn't make sense for us to say, hey, man, soda is killing you. But bacon and alcohol are too. Go ahead and enjoy it. That's right. And that's, like that's kind of a scary, we've talked about it before, but that's kind of a scary line we get into when we talk about, um, you know, health insurance and, right. and, and socializing health insurance, mm-hmm. because now the government has onus right. to say these things harm your health and they cost us all money. Yeah. Therefore you can no longer, I mean, I, I don't think it's ridiculous to consider that in the light of a couple more scientific papers about bacon and and a further push towards socialized healthcare that we might not be saying in in ten years bacon's off the table. Yeah, I, seriously, <clears throat> you can we're see already it. doing it with food stamps. You can't, you know, albeit for different reasons, not right, for health right. reasons. But God, it's there. It's there. I, no, and no that's question. that's the thing. Like once you once you let them in, it's like it's like you know cracking the door and somebody shoves their foot in it, and then it just keeps getting wider and wider and wider. And doing another one of those impressive segues that we always do, that's almost the exact same thing that we're seeing happen with social media as far as our privacy concerns. You want to talk about intrusion, this this Facebook and collecting data and Cambridge Analytica and all that it stuff. It just keeps stuff, getting bigger and bigger. It's worse every day. And man. bigger, yeah. I mean, I remember when when those videos started coming out of people talking around their phones and then saying that they were being served ads based on the recordings from the microphone and stuff. And, yeah. and I've seen, I've seen people debunking that, but I, it, it may be going on and the stuff we keep seeing come out of these court cases points more and more towards that. In this case, you've got an app developer um, who made it, and this is disgusting, made an app that lets you perv on your Facebook friends. It analyzes algorithmically your friends' photos and it serves you up just the bikini pictures. Yeah. No, that's actually one of the interesting things about this story is, in a sense, I'm glad that uh, these guys are dragging Facebook into court for the fifth time, actually. Yeah. And uh, and and these suits, they're almost targeting them to get the info out about what all Facebook was collecting. But at the same time, these app developers, man, this app was just, it was atrocious, man. Yeah. That, that's, the whole idea is it would take, you know, like you said, all your friends and gather up all the pictures of them in bikinis or, or showing skin <laughs> oh, or what have you. And I can't believe that is not against Facebook terms off the bat. Um, but what they're saying is that uh, that Facebook was like luring developers in with this data and encouraging yeah. them to make these apps based on this data. And once they reached a level of success, Facebook would then turn around, demand extra money from them for the data, um, and essentially extort them yeah. uh, for their successful app and say, uh, either sell us the app, pay us a bunch of money, or we're just going to withdraw your access to this data. Right, right. And and to me, that's crazy. But the interesting thing that that comes out of these lawsuits is to see at least, we don't know much because, uh, of course, Facebook has requested that these court documents are sealed. Yeah. Um, but we do know the accusation is that that Facebook is is gathering this data 
from even people who don't have Facebook phones. So right. on Android, if you had the Facebook app installed on your phone, which it comes pre-installed on plenty of Androids, um, and you had a friend with Facebook who had you in their contacts, mm-hmm. um, that it would actually leverage that app to to listen to you, read your text messages, yeah. uh, scan through your your phone's private photo roll. Yeah. Um, and iOS, it turns out, wasn't as susceptible, um, according to these claims. Not on the uh, not on the text messages, but the camera roll for sure. The camera roll yeah. for sure was yeah. was available, even if you didn't have a Facebook app. And well, that, that raises some questions to me because well, they also actually is. It's worth mentioning though. It got a little deeper. My understanding was they were able to build a profile of you almost by looking at you in the negative. So, for instance, let's say that you're one of my five friends, right? And all five of you have Facebook, and I don't. Well, if they take your text to me and friend number three's text to me and friend number two's text to me, they're able to build like an abstract profile of me <laughs> without me ever even touching Facebook. So that that raises the question, uh, you know, the things in these documents that the the company, the company's name is 643, that they're alleging is that those people could never uh, sign off on the privacy guidelines That's right. and stuff. And and what gets even crazier is they're also alleging that Facebook was was hiding things in the privacy agreements. Like for instance, they had expiration dates. So you'd have a privacy agreement, and you know one of the agreements was, uh, you know, we get to look at your text, but we can't look at all your texts. And turns out that we can't look at all your text part expired in two months and you had to re-up the privacy agreement for that to keep going oh i hate so this. facebook gets to sit there and say well you know our users agreed to this you know and, and, and there was even there was even uh some some speak about selling um the idea of of signing this agreement as a quicker way to sign on right. you know i read that that it was a uh, it was sold to users as as a quick sign on, but when yeah. you agreed to that quick sign on, deep within the text was oh by the way we can read your text messages, your right. contact list, uh, all your photos, listen to your microphone, et cetera, et cetera, and they were doing all of that, collecting that data and offering it to app developers right. as well. So what that means is you know in the in the context of like Cambridge Analytica, people got real mad because they thought. Well, why the hell are they selling this data? Well, it wasn't just Cambridge Analytica. It was it was pervert ass apps algorithmically looking at your photos and determining whether you were wearing a bikini so your friends could jerk off to you. Yeah. Like that's that's every bit as bad as Cambridge Analytica <laughs> no, to me. You know yeah, what I'm no. saying? This this runs the gamut. And well, and they were using it they, again. That that the part that really sucks is that they were using it to entice these people in. And then it's basically, it's a way of like outsourcing or like farming out your development. So <laughs> when we see Facebook, you know, make a partnership with uh, Candy Crush or, or whoever, I'm not, I'm not really like up to date on who Facebook has deals with, but when we see them absorb like the, uh, the time, the, the Wayback app that they got that shows you like posts from back in the day. Okay. So now we know that they went to those people after they developed something that was good and worked and people liked and were like, so here's what you're going to do. Shit. You're either going to pay me or you're going to sell it to me or we'll restrict it. Well, they're thinking, you know, well, if anybody finds out about this, we're restricting data, right? Well, that comes into play in their defense and it creates a huge problem with what just happened. They're using the defense that they are in, in effect, an editor, uh, like, like a newsroom editor. Almost. Okay. And they are able to, when they take the, the content that Facebook generates and this data somehow is included in there um, that, you know, all, they were merely editing the content 
that was allowed <laughs> to the developers, right? Well, that's by almost, restricting it. Like, that, that's almost yeah, but that's almost in direct contradiction to what Zuck just told Congress, right? So think about this. So now they're an editor deciding what is fit to be released to developers. They just told Congress they were a neutral platform. Exactly. And it gets really interesting because, you know, you had mentioned that they had, you know, put a gag order on the stuff that's coming out of this suit. Well, the way they did it is they're using a California law. It's called a a anti-slap law. And the idea is it's to prevent um, frivolous lawsuits that are aimed at uh, stifling free speech. So (laughs) Facebook is holding itself up as like this bastion of free speech. And they're saying that this uh, 643 company is just suing them to shut down their ability to, to edit. Right. You know, this whole thing is kind of ridiculous because I feel like privacy advocates probably wanted Facebook to pull that data anyway. Yeah. And now like, I feel kind of compelled to back 643 here, even though they're scuzz buckets. Yeah. If, if Facebook's pulling like mafia tactics with the data, like they shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to do that. Right. But really what it, what it tells me as this stuff bubbles up to the surface through all these lawsuits is that we truly do not understand the depths of the depravity behind what is going on with the data we generate. And so when people say, Oh, who cares? It's just data. I don't care if Facebook knows, man, do you care if Facebook is selling your bikini pictures to app developers so your friends can jerk off to them? Right. Right. Do you care? I mean, that, and, and I think five years ago, people would have laughed at you if you, if you told them that that was a possible outcome of gathering this data. Um, and now we, we see very clearly. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's why, you know, like, like we said right there at the beginning, I think that's why this 643 thing is important is because they, they've almost taken the tact at this point that they're just going to burn Facebook. Like, I, I feel like these suits are being filed to drag that out into the right. light of day because you were talking about, you know, how do you feel about the mafia tactics with 643 and 643 having this scuzzy app? The problems way before that, like Facebook just doesn't need that data. They right. just don't need it. They're not entitled to it. They shouldn't have it. Yeah. You know, so, so and, that's, and if, and if they're selling your bikini pictures to app developers and people are paying the app developer for it, you should get a cut at, at the least, very least at, at the very and least. know exactly which apps are pulling your data for what. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I just looked over Facebook, rolled out some new privacy stuff. I looked over their privacy stuff the other day and, and they have a list of people who have uploaded your email address as part of their own marketing lists. Mm. And I had some wacky, wacky <laughs> yeah. shit on there. Some, uh, what's that, what's that crazy rapper, white guy with the gold grill and the cocaine and, Is it, uh, uh, post Malone or something. It was post Malone. And yeah. then, uh, another one too. What's the guy way before that with the face tattoos did the cocaine video where he's like throwing bricks of cocaine oh, and shit. Yeah, I, don't know, I can't remember. Stupid that. idiot. How the fuck did Post Malone and this guy get my email address? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no, but it really made point. me scratch my head looking through that list because it was all kinds of wacky shit. People I've never given my, you know, I had Home Depot and stuff. Maybe yeah. I gave him my email address signing up for a rewards card or something dumb. But yeah. what we got to understand when we're talking about, um, you know, privacy and data privacy is the big picture. And I think we're slowly getting an inkling through these things that Facebook's being forced to do, like open yeah. up their privacy settings. Like I, it kind of blew my mind. How yeah. many people out there have my email address? What I also know as a marketer is that it only takes three pieces of information to narrow down their profile of you, which means email address, uh, postal code, and uh, and your and your gender even. It can be yeah. some some very just, you know, wildly varying shit. And they can peg you. They can peg what you buy. 
they can peg where you shop, uh, probably where you live. You're saying um, like based off the like mountains of data, they can hone in on that person. Yeah, it's like six yeah. steps to Kevin Bacon, but it's you. three steps to any person in America. Oh wow! Literally, uh, it's it's bananas. Yeah. Well, as far as uh, as far as things that are making us scratch our head, uh, our last story for today is about sound weapons. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody recalls, but we very lightly touched on a story uh, back before the Bigfoot episode. Uh, about this this crazy thing that happened in Cuba, right? So uh, over the course of the last year and up until about, uh, I think it was February or March, uh, 25 diplomats and, or their family members in Cuba at the affiliated with the U.S. Embassy um, fell ill or suffered all kinds of damage. And they Minor blamed, brain damage. Yeah, and they were blaming this sound that they were hearing in their homes or at their office. Um, and actually I think, uh, we actually have the sound. Uh, so I think we do. Yeah. So, uh, here is the sound that these people are hearing. You might want to plug your ears. Yeah, that is, that is grating. Um, so the people were saying that they were hearing that like super loud, like, like to the point where you had to, you know, sometimes you had to cover your ears or I just, read that covering your ears didn't even help. Yeah, you couldn't hear anything else. And and so some of these people suffered brain damage. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them had hearing loss, obviously. They're not turning to vegetables, but they said like minor, minor brain damage. <laughs> yeah. And when it hit uh the news, people were like, uh, is it a sound weapon? What's what's going yes, on? Like nobody had any idea what Russian was up. attack. Yeah. Um now I heard a couple explanations. Um the big one is that maybe there was some improperly placed spy gear. You had a couple scientists coming out and saying that like ultrasound spy devices, if arranged specifically, could create some kind of resonance at seven hertz or something yeah, that or would like cause a loop basically yeah, or something. Uh, yeah. That that sounds a little out there, but I guess possible. Well, it sounded a lot more possible until we just learned this last week. Uh, that there is an unnamed American embassy worker in, uh, I think it's Guangzhou, China. I couldn't uh, even begin to correct you on that. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. that was a tough one. Uh, but anyway, he has been diagnosed with mild traumatic brain injury after reporting hearing almost the exact same sound. They so have, if it was spy equipment set up in Cuba, yeah. they would have had to accidentally set up that same spy equipment in the exact same way. Yeah. Over here in China, it's so, so, not happening. So you know, we've heard for years about stuff like the brown note and, and riot sound the weapons, hum. and and when we hear about stuff like that, like we just kind of, eh, you know, what's going on. But wait, wait, wait! I can't just let you pass up the brown note. What are you uh, talking about? The sound weapon that makes you shit your pants? Uh, no, actually, the brown note is the idea that there is a note that will make you shit your pants. Now, there's also a sound weapon. Uh, supposedly that uh, I think the U S military has, and people say it can hit the Brown note, but it's kind of, wow. that's kind of like the merging of two of like an urban legend. And Imagine like a, a cleaning thing. that mess up at like a, a black lives matter protest. <laughs> or, you know yeah, or like just any giant protest. <laughs> Donald just Trump oh, turns man. it on the women's March. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be absolutely awful. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Uh, yeah. We like to think that these things, um, you know, don't exist or aren't being used. But yeah. here we have this really weird case um, of possibly some nation state 
well, attacking our diplomats. With all due respect to the, uh, I think it was a team from the University of Michigan that had your, your surveillance gear theory. It just don't hold up water, man. It's been going on for a year and a half in Cuba, and now it's happening in China? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It's kind of, I mean, granted now, both of them are technically communist countries. Maybe they're, <laughs> I, I, I don't think so, man. They, Somebody. They used the same Chinese manufacturer for their yeah, ultrasound spy devices. and then screwed up in the exact same way to create the intricate frequency wave. Yeah. No, man. Somebody got a sound weapon, dude. Speaking of uh, sounds that are excruciating and hard to listen to. That also cause low-grade brain damage? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Beans, what have you got for us this week? (laughs) Brain damage, huh? You guys got all kinds of jokes these days. Maybe you missed your calling, buddies. Hell, you're eating crickets on air. Let's just go full-on shock jock. S-Dog and T-Roy in the morning on K-Rock. We can bring the slide whistle back every time you recycle those hot Bigfoot stories everyone is so interested in. You pretty much did a live two-minute drop for KFC today, so I'm sure they'd sponsor the show. Then you guys could afford interns to do research for you, so Sense wouldn't say wild shit like crickets are a hundred times more efficient to produce than cattle. Or that organized religion has been around for 40,000 years like you did last week. You're in rough shape when Beans the Machine needs a calculator to figure out the order of magnitude to your wrongness. And a calendar. The Wichita swatting incident you referred to as recently was in December of 2017, so it's actually less recent than your episode on police where you talked about the same exact shit. But hey, who's keeping track? Oh yeah, lol. Me. Idiots who thought I was going to eat crickets with them, back to you. You're live on the air with S-Dog and T-Roy, and you just heard from Kenny Loggins with Conviction of the Heart. That's right, Mrs. and Mrs. Next up is Big Scahill and his big band orchestra. Dude, anything to do the fucking voice? Yeah. I thought I made it clear, like, I am not down with the voice. Oh, well, I'm not down with the Taylor Swift shit. And don't look at me with that face, because we know you're getting ready to do it. Oh, uh, uh, Taylor Swift's going to eat a cricket with me. Let's do a study on on cocaine and Taylor Swift's habits and shit. She would never. I bet she would. Hey folks, it's Theory of the Sense and Theory Podcast. Just wanted to take a second to thank you for continuing to listen and support the show. We really appreciate it. It means the world to us. Uh, If you get a chance, please go to iTunes, leave us a review, uh, like us. Uh, You know, it really helps the podcast uh, take off. And, uh, you know, get at us on the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're at all the usual places. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to email us at uh, senseandtheorypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, show ideas, suggestions, critiques, uh, condemnations, it's all good. Send it our way. Uh, we'll see you next week.